What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Lunch Hour Sports Show. And Dan, I don't know about you. You're not going to do it for me. Don't wait. What? You, you missed my. You missed my lead. I, I did. I, I was tossing you an oot, my man. Wait on you to hammer that bad boy. Okay, home. I, I totally. That ball went way over my head and out of bounds. I, I, I don't. It's okay. It was a bad lob on my part. I, 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 I tossed it up poorly. I was saying, I don't know about you. Or do you not know the reference? I may not know the reference. What are, what are you oh, trying to do me. here? Okay. Well, it was going to be, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22 because this is episode 22 of the Lunch Hour Sports Show. You don't know the re- You don't. Oh, wow. What is this from? This was perfect. It's a Taylor Swift reference. We're in the middle <laughs> of playoff football, and Taylor Swift is still just as around as she was weeks ago. Um, so this was going to be a great kind of culturally relevant reference to start the show, but it didn't, didn't land that way. Um, I don't know other than teardrops on my guitar. I know zero Taylor Swift. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I mean, that's okay. Well, anyway, since that was a dud, how was your weekend, Dan? (laughs) My weekend was good. I was going to say, uh, the only... All of my immediate family relatives are men, except for my mom, uh, and she probably thinks that Taylor Swift and DeAndre Swift are somehow related. So oh. I, I, <laughs> I do not know any. I have no exposure to Taylor Swift whatsoever. What about your so. fiance? She's not a. She's Swiftie? a big Swifty, but I don't allow that in my car. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that's, that's my sweet. one. That's my that's... one rule. Like it used to be no eating in my car, and then that changed. I swapped it out for no Taylor Swift in my car. And and she's cool with that. Yeah, we'll see how long that holds up. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, the day's coming. I'm accepting it. It's just the sure. day's not now. So yeah, exactly. Put a ring on it. You know, then we'll yeah. talk. Yeah. Well, exciting news. This is not weekend news, but literally uh, minutes before we were starting up the pod tonight, the Tennessee Titans have a head coach. They do. We have a new leader at the helm, and uh, it's quite exciting. So news came out just shortly, uh, again, before recording, that Brian Callahan, offensive coordinator formerly for the Cincinnati Bengals, will now be uh, head coach of the Tennessee Titans. And um, this is, you know, fun because I feel like the head coaching carousel for the NFL has been a little quiet but i mean i guess it's not been that long since the season ended um and of course antonio pierce did officially start um as head coach in las vegas but you know there have been a lot of interviews going on goodness many an interview mm-hmm. and second interviews and such as that um and of course as fans we're all just very impatient and one things now so it's great to see finally got a head coach um not going to say that it was just like the most exciting thing. I think Ben Johnson was one of the ones everybody was really honing in on and, and kind of wanting for their team. And so he, he may have been higher up on the list for me personally, but I'm excited about Brian Callahan. I know he wasn't calling the plays in Cincinnati, which is one of the only things that makes me less excited. Uh, but it is pretty interesting because he's historically been a quarterback's guy. 
And if there's one thing that we need as a franchise is sustainable quarterback play to kind of set up the next era, if you would, in Nashville. Um, so would love to see him work some magic with Will Levis and really see development there. And, you know, offense has been something lacking for us. I mean, defense hasn't been that great, but hasn't really been an electric offense. Um, been a lot of hard-nosed defensive slugfest over the years in Tennessee, which is fine, but it's cool to have an offensive-minded guy. I think it'll fit the team well. So there's my two cents. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was a good move. He he definitely checks all the boxes Tennessee seems to have been looking for. Um, might not have been option A, but he was a good B or C or D or somewhere in there. I mean, you see what he he's done with Burrow. You see what he's done. Yeah. You know this later this season with Jake Browning. Like, dude can coach a quarterback. I think this is a good yeah. move for Will Levis. I think um, it's not a home run. It's a solid. It's a solid double. You hit a double. Yeah, and honestly, it's a safe hire, you know. Or I mean, I say it's safe. He's not got the NFL head coaching experience, yeah. but yeah, it's not a totally risky option, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to how to say this, but he has a coach face. It's you co- know, he has a very coachy <laughs> face. Yeah, that's fine. He just looks. He just looks like he's either going to be. This can go one of two ways. He can either be a very stable and solid NFL head coach or he's going to be Adam Gase. Sure. Because that guy had the coachiest face. Yeah. And he was a bad coach. So Yeah. um, I'm sure. Well, that's like Arthur Smith. Arthur Arthur Smith doesn't really show, like, coach face to me. Maybe that was the problem this whole time. Well, he's all neck. He's all chin. (laughs) He's just... (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Best of luck to Arthur Smith. But, yeah, uh, Falcons still no head coach. Uh, Arthur Blank came out on Friday, basically said Bill Belichick can have the job if he wants it. Um, Still don't have a coach, so it still (laughs) seems like Bill doesn't want it. (laughs) Maybe he doesn't want it. (laughs) And I can't totally blame him. Um, Here's – I'm upset, and the reason why is – I got a notification that the Falcons were going to interview Mike Vrabel on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I got that notification at Friday at about 2 o'clock. And then I saw the quote from Arthur Blank that Bill Belichick can have the job if he wants it at about 7 o'clock on Friday night. Mm. What are you doing? Just go interview the guy. Yeah. Like, just hold know, off man. like five days and just interview the best coach available right now in Mike Vrabel yes Mike Vrabel is a better option at coach than Bill Belichick at this I mean, moment long term long term absolutely and that's Bill what the just Falcons wants need the wins you know he just wants to cross the divide and, and and get it taken care of I know I know the only the only way and there's been some talks about this going on based off what Kirk Cousins said a few days ago the only way I would like if you're going to get Bill Belichick to be the head coach, you don't need to draft a quarterback because Bill Belichick does not do well with young quarterbacks. We've seen that. It just, I mean, over the like since Garoppolo, it's just young quarterbacks have not fared well under him. If you bring in a veteran guy like a Kirk Cousins with Bill Belichick, okay, 
I think I can see that. If you're going to go that route, then maybe let's try Belichick for two or three years and try Kirk Cousins for two or three years with this team. And if it doesn't work and you just blow it all up, start over again in a few years, see what you can do now, that could work. But, yeah, if, you, if you're – if you want Bill Belichick and you want to trade up for like a Jaden Daniels or something like that, that's just a bad idea. That's just not going to work. Yeah. Even so. Justin Fields probably wouldn't work great in that scenario. Justin Fields under Bill Belichick's system <laughs> would be horrible. We, yeah. You basically already saw it that one year that Cam Newton played for the Patriots. That's fair. And yeah. That's what very they fair. went four and 12, like they were garbage. They're bad, bad. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no thanks. And like yeah. I've said to you, I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I said it to you, if we somehow won a Super Bowl under Bill Belichick, mm. like I couldn't enjoy it. Just selfishly, I could not enjoy that Super Bowl because it's like sure. it's like the rebels trying to defeat the Empire and then Emperor Palpatine comes over and starts leading the troops. <laughs> and it's like... And then it's like, yeah. It's like you sold your soul to win the war. It's just not... I don't would know. rather lose with your dignity. That's right. I would. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, well, I guess it really all just comes down to old Bill now, <laughs> if he wants to or not. Your but move, you guys Chief. Are, yeah, you guys seem pretty, uh, or not. Maybe not everybody else, but management and whatnot seems pretty well bought in on uh, on Uncle Bill. So we, we interviewed Harbaugh again. So yeah, saw that. Yeah, saw that. That. Would be interesting. I wonder how it's weird that the coaching carousel goes on while these coaches in the playoffs yeah. actively cannot speak <laughs> to teams. Well, they might exactly. occasionally, but they can't accept a job. I wonder how much Ben Johnson's being talked to or considered because he should be option 1A to me. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and if he's not, which obviously he's not, option 1A is Bill Belichick to Arthur Blank. Um <laughs> That's a bad move. That's that's bad. Um, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out over the next few days. We shall. That we shall. I I think we'll have a coach by this time next week. Really? Okay. I, I, I think so. We're a decision will be made of some kind. Claim it, Dan. Yeah. Put it out into the ether. I'm hoping it's Mike Vrabel. <laughs> I can be totally honest. That would do. That would be really like. That'd be solid. It would be. Very solid. Maybe the Arthur Smith stuff is a little too near, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. Uh, I, I think here too also, Dan, you, uh, you went catch us up a little. I know we talked Australian Open, and we've had some some matches played. I, I, I did go through after the episode last week and, and watch several YouTube videos just trying to understand the scoring of tennis. It's weird. But yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, 0, 15, 30, 40, and... Yeah. I don't know who invented that. I still don't understand it. No, but it was interesting to hear about um, why it's called love at zero. Why is that, actually? I might not know that. (laughs) I don't know how right this is. This is just YouTube speaking, but apparently because you have zero points, so you're not not playing from a, a winning standpoint at that moment, so the only thing you're playing for is the love of the game you have nothing but love oh, for the game because you have oh, no wow. points yeah i don't care if that's real or not that's just profound i love that yeah it was that's, pretty cool it was honestly really neat so yeah. um that's that's what i discovered at least in my very brief research that's cool yeah yeah so 15 love 
I've been in a lot of matches where I was having to play with a lot of love. So uh, <laughs> I know all about that. Um, playing for the love of the game, man. That's it, dude. That's... Happens to the best of us. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. But I did see a uh, wonderful graphic you posted that we're in semis for the men's singles, right? We're in the quarters. Quarters. In the quarters. Quarters, quarters. 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 Yes. I stayed up till 1 a.m. Saturday night watching tennis. It was That's fantastic. tough for you, too, because, like... I go to bed early. Yeah, for those of you that don't know Dan, like, I mean, we'll be exchanging messages around podcast things or otherwise, and I, that 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 Do Not Disturb comes on at, like... 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock, yeah. I, I'm in bed by and 10 And Dan o'clock. has notification yes. silence. You're not I getting may it. respond until 11, but usually I'm <laughs> I'm sacked out by 10, 15. So, yeah. Yeah, for so me I'm to stay a lot. Up, I stayed up to watch uh, Fritz take out, take out Sissipas. That was huge. Mm. Got uh, he's the last remaining American. Our boy Ben Shelton got knocked out. Uh, Francis Tiafo ah. he got knocked out. Uh, Corda, a, a bunch of the Americans got. Knocked I did out. watch a little. I did watch a little one oh, yeah. night. I was up late working on some stuff, and uh, Tommy Paul did not look great. He was having a rough night. Yeah, or a rough day, I guess he, you would say. Yeah, uh, I'm actually blanking on who knocked him out. I should know. I watched um, it. I don't know his name. He got blanked in the last set. That's all I know. Oh, he got bageled. Yeah, he was. He had a lot. He had a lot of love in that. He had game. a lot of love. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you. So that's a fun term for everyone to know. Uh, bageled. If you get, if you hang a zero, if or if you. So our coach in high school used to, if we did, uh, if we beat somebody six zero in a set, then he would buy us bagels the next morning. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. And if you if you beat somebody six oh six oh, that's called a double bagel. So you got two bagels. Double bagel. Yeah. I want that to carry over to baseball. Yeah. Yeah. So American's not faring super well, but Taylor Fritz is. Uh, but he 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 does have the Max Freed treatment actually, and and uh he's got blisters all over his feet. He was mm. having to power through that at Turn the end. Blisters. I think he's actually he grew up near Max Freed, actually, and they're around the same oh. age. So this is a very interesting tie-in. I yeah. wasn't expecting SoCal guy. Yeah, um, he's got to play Djokovic tonight, so mm. that's fun. If I, I did not have, it. if I was not a responsible adult and didn't have a job, I would just forego all my responsibilities tomorrow and stay up and watch that. Um, I will not be though. I'm not waking up at two a.m. Yeah, it says not before ten thirty. Yeah. So, so we got. <laughs> Zverev and Alcaraz, and I like mm. that matchup a lot. Those are two guys that can absolutely pump the ball, just pump the ball. Pump that, it, man. That's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Sinner and Rublev, it's going to be awesome. Yannick Sinner, a lot of people have been pegging him. He's 22 years old from Italy. A lot of people have been pegging him as he might be the next up. Uh, if he he might get the Alcaraz rise to ascension soon. It might be happening because he played Karen Kachanov a couple nights ago, who is very good. He's usually a mainstay in the top ten in the world, and he beat the snot out of him. I mean, he he mm. just disposed of him quickly. Um, Rublev will be a slightly tougher tougher test. Uh, Herkoc and Medvedev are just two guys I don't like and do not enjoy watching. They they their <laughs> demeanor and style of play make me very uncomfortable. So. Um, so it's a lose-lose in that It's a, a lose-lose. Whoever comes out of there and whoever comes out of Zverev and Alcaraz, I hope just beats whoever comes out of that. 
Djokovic and Fritz, I would say, I mean, American bias, but that's kind of the headliner for tonight going into the quarterfinals. There's going to be some good stuff. Uh, Alcaraz and Djokovic are both turning it on. I mean, if we were moving towards that final, they're starting to round into form. Um, there for a minute. So Djokovic beat Adrian Manorino, who is like 29th in the world. Pretty good player. Mm-hmm. It was he had a double double bagel going, and for a while we thought we might see a triple bagel. Like, oh no, yeah, it's too many it, bagels. It was like six oh six oh four oh, and then Manorino snuck a few games in there in the end. But like, yeah, Djokovic is he's going into Terminator mode. So, yeah, quick update from down under. Fun stuff down going under. on. Uh, also on Coco the women's plays side tonight, right? Do what? Coco plays tonight. Yes, right? I was just about to say Coco. Oh. If you want to talk about going to, into Terminator form, I haven't seen anybody that is playing on the same planet as Coco Goff right now on the women's side. There are two, four ranked players left, and Coco Coco Goff's one of them. Well, that sets up well for yes. Oh, she Let's should have an easy one tonight, and then she's going to get either Savalinka. Or good luck. I've never even that she's number nine in the world, and I've never heard of that person. I can't pronounce that name though. Um, First name Barbora. Barbora. Kresh, Maybe it's Barbara, but it's just with an O. So Kreshikova, I think. Um, Great job. Sabalinka would probably be the toughest out for Coco left, but I would still like Coco's sure. chances there. Yeah, Dan, let's open it up. Let's open it up. The people have waited long enough. We're just trying to make sure everybody's good and cultured. The worldwide atmosphere of sports. Um, mm-hmm. But there is this other American football game that's having its moment right now, you could say. Having a moment. You could say it's on a on a tour. And A tour? It's a game that spans eras. It's almost like an eras tour. Oh no! Don't don't no 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 no! You aren't gonna you aren't gonna give me a little back and forth in the beginning of the show. We're not gonna bring it in now. I'm sorry. I have to go. Whatever little Taylor Swift knowledge I have, I have to sprinkle in as much as possible. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's jump right in. Uh, divisional round recap. Let's do it. We started off with Ravens Texans. We thought this could potentially be the most lopsided matchup but we believe i at least i believed cj stroud could do something that they they didn't they didn't but that's your stroud boys stroud boys they came they came ready uh the defense just absolutely smothered the texans there was no room for them to run cj stroud was was hurried a lot um the ravens just did what the ravens do uh I mean, they played great defense. They ran the ball with efficiency. Lamar was doing his thing. He kind of channeled his J.J. McCarthy a little bit, if you will. Uh, He threw 22 passes, which in an NFL game with a quarterback of his stature is not a ton. Uh, Threw for 152, though, so he was pretty efficient. This is is the Lamar effect, though. He ran for 100. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah. He ran for more yards. He ran for more yards than Christian McCaffrey did. Oh my, that's yeah, uh, that's 9.1, 9.1 yards per carry. Lamar was just being Lamar. Uh, Zay Flowers, 
he's he's been solid all year, but he really had a big day. 41 yards off five targets, four receptions. He's kind of emerged as Lamar's guy, like his favorite target. Some other guys have like Nelson Aguilar, Rashad Bateman, they both had good days too. Like that receiving core is really starting around into form. Gus Edwards had a big day on the ground. Uh Dalvin Cook even broke off a big run. The stable of backs is really it's almost like you remember when Brett Bielema was at Wisconsin and they would just have like monsters that they would cycle in and just pound the rock and wear yeah. down a team. That's what it that's what this Ravens team kind of feels like a little bit, but with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> so Right. Yeah, just throw throw that little wrinkle yeah. into the mix. <laughs> I will say your boy Roquan Smith. Uh, alongside Patrick Queen, they combined for 12 tackles. Three of those were tackles for loss. They feel like, maybe not quite to this extent because this is high, high praise, but a little Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs-esque performance. Th- those guys have kind of fit that mold in Baltimore. Um, also, Kyle Hamilton is just a freak. He, that guy's everywhere. He's in on every play. It's He's good. He's very good. He's, he's good. very, very good. Smart and he's good. And you know what? Marlon Humphrey didn't even play. And, they, and their defense still looked that insane. Right. I mean, well, and even you talk about the offense and like, let's, <laughs> let's not be so quick to forget that this was supposed to be very different in the backfield to start the year. I mean, J.K. Dobbins is not. Yeah. It, I mean, he got hurt right out the gate and has not been there. Yeah. And they've been able to do what they've had with those backs in absence of him, mm-hmm. which is. Like it's impressive, but it's even more impressive that you don't have your starting running back the whole year. It was definitely the least intriguing game competitiveness wise and scoreboard wise, but I will say for the Ravens to come out after the season they had and just drop their you know what's on another team and just kind of proclaim like we are the number one seed, we are the toughest out left in this bracket. That was interesting. Uh, so good on the Ravens. They are really rounding into form going into championship Sunday. First time since 1970 that Baltimore wow. will be the site of the AFC championship game. That's, that's crazy. They were the Colts last time that happened. Man, wow. Yeah, yeah. that's even better. I know, man. Uh, good for the Ravens, good for Baltimore. That is an awesome fan base. That That is a crazy home field advantage. And I don't think that one gets talked about a lot. But Baltimore, it is hard to go win a game in Baltimore. Those fans are wild. Hey, they're proud, man. Oh, yeah. Baltimore fans are proud. Oh, yeah, man. All right, the night game on Saturday night, Niners-Packers. I don't know how the Packers lost this football game. I'm just going to be honest. They shouldn't have. They really shouldn't have. (laughs) The Packers needed a kicker. Yep. Uh, The Packers won in time of possession rushing yards, first downs, penalties, and they still lost this game. They still lost this game. Yeah. Which, and it was against Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan doesn't win games like this. Towards the end of that game, Jordan Love had a very Brett Favre moment. There was actually some side-by-sides of the Brett Favre when he was with the Vikings uh, against the Saints in the NFC Championship game. Uh, just a bad, bad choice to throw that – ball at the end of the game that basically gave the the Saints the win the Jordan Love play looked exactly like that like side by side it was eerie <laughs> yeah a little Brett Favre moment to close out the game but overall like Jordan Love played very well the Packers defense especially that front 
played very well. To hold this rushing attack the way they did mm-hmm. was extremely admirable. Um, and on the one hand, it's like, man, the Packers, they they overachieved. They, they did a lot this year. But on the other hand, it's like, man, they really should have won that football game. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, it's super frustrating to have yeah. gotten that close. Mm-hmm. And I understand it's probably just kind of icing on the cake to be there and, yeah. and be playing in this game. But it's like, dude, you had a chance to get the NFC Championship game. I like, know. At that least, was right there. At least Packers fans can go back and say, like, we have we have the right coach, we have the right quarterback, we have the right core. Yeah. Like just not the right kicker. Let's go. Yep. Uh, get get you new kicker. Um <laughs> I was wondering It's just been interesting seeing the comments as a um buddy of mine as a Packers fan, and there have been a lot of comments about the kicker, and he even seems to understand that. Like he's almost dissociated himself from the team in his own comments. Like he was referring to them as they, and it was just interesting. Oh so. yikes! I did not know that maybe, was going on. I yeah, saw the Matt Lafleur quote, but yeah, so that was one. He insisted that that was taken way out of context, which might not be true. But at the same time, I'm like, it's 2024 in this social media world. I feel like everything's taken out of context, so I'll probably believe him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't know that was going on. That's not good. <laughs> Yeah, and now this is all just right off Facebook, so if, no. <laughs> if it's totally unfounded... Uh, Trusted news source, Facebook. Might let me know. Yeah, um, but it was coming from a Packers fan, so I was taking it as, as truth. I will say, you can look at this game and say, Niners, they had a week off. The weather could have been a factor. They could have been rusty coming out of the break. Or just look at it and say they didn't play their best, but they they were gritty and they had a found a way to win late. All true, but it's also true that Brock Purdy was terrible. He he was for very large portions of that game he was abjectly terrible. He he had his rookie moment. He hadn't had it yet so far. Like, and I know he's not even a rookie anymore, but that was his rookie moment. <laughs> yeah, it, there. In the third and most of the fourth quarter, he was – it wasn't good. Um, lucky for him, Kittle and Christian McCaffrey had big moments late in that game. Kittle was really good. Kittle was kind of Purdy's only really solid target that he could count on. Um, I think Brock Purdy's still really good, but that was – to be in the playoffs – and have see a performance like that is slightly concerning. Um, yeah. But we've seen him when he can play well, so maybe he can, you know, just kind of put that second half mostly behind him. But, yeah, I definitely left that game being like, yikes, Brock Purdy. You can't do that again, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, right now this is their guy. Like, mm-hmm. they're not. Oh, and he should be. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, guy. it's it's just when you have aspirations of winning a Super Bowl, it, it could cause some valid concern when you see your quarterback play that way in in these uh, in this high stake situation. So oh, yeah, and it's, it's going to get a chance to right the wrong. But a hundred percent, they won 100%. the game. So and every NFL rookie, and I keep saying rookie, he's not a rookie. Every young NFL quarterback <laughs> deserves the the rookie moment. You know, like yeah. the, oh, he went out and threw a stinker. And to be honest, they deserve several of those. Like, <laughs> bef- yeah. before we start getting really concerned, it's just this is very bad timing <laughs> for him yeah. to have his first, like, really rough half 
and really rough game. Um, maybe just chalk it up to rust in the weather and just say, yeah, let's go see what they can do against Detroit next week. Um, sure. But speaking of the team they'll be facing, Lions 31, Bucks 23. Um, Man. I want to say something just to start. Uh, you got to pay Baker Mayfield. Pay the man. You got to pay him. 26 of 41. He had 350 yards. He had three touchdowns. He had a 94.5% passer rating in a road playoff game. That's your that's, guy. That's that's what you need. Like, that's your what, guy. What more do you want? Yeah. What else do you want him to do? That's your guy. I mean, maybe two less interceptions, but other yeah, than that. The interceptions weren't great. Um, yeah. They, they weren't, but, you know, he's a gunslinger. That's who he is, man. It's Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Buccaneers' defense really came to play. I know I know that was a good stat line for Baker. Most of that was kind of done in the second half. Um, they were really playing some catch-up, but the Bucs' defense really shut down the Lions for most of the first half to stay competitive. Once we got into this later stage of the game, the Lions, they just have too many weapons. Goff was really, really good. Um, he didn't, he didn't turn the ball over. He was really efficient through the air. Um, and then it kind of just culminated, you know, Baker started to go off late. They started to gain some ground. Um, he found some good connections to Mike Evans down the field. And then Derek Barnes, you you know, the two interceptions for Baker, one was a tip and I'm not, I'm not making excuses for Baker, although Baker's my guy. I've been riding for him all year. He is your guy. He's my guy. One was a tip and then the other was just Derek Barnes. It wasn't a good throw, but Derek Barnes made an insane play to, to pick that ball off at the end. Um, yeah, the the Lions were supposed to win this game, and they did, but the Bucks gave them everything they could handle. And the Lions move on. Um, also, shout out Amon Ross St. Brown. That guy's elite. I think he's a top five receiver in the league. He's, oh, he 100%. Yep. Yeah, maybe top three on some days. Like, he, he his hands are so good. He's got such a lateral quickness. Like that dude's a that dude's a freak. He was running all over them in the third quarter. Um, yeah, and he's just a consistent guy. Like he's yes. been doing it all year. Oh yeah, good dude. Big good time. dude. Uh, Lions yeah, dude, win. The Lions uh, just keep keep it all moving. Dan Campbell. They're, they're uh, motoring on, if you would. Oh yeah, rev it up. Uh, then we got to Sunday night. Chiefs Bills. Part, oh what is this now? Part four? Four in the playoffs, I think. I think it's part four. Part four. Um, It was another instant classic. It was a great football game, and it was another Bills loss. There's uh, your recipe. <laughs> R- rinse the, and repeat. It's the same old song over and over again, even though we moved this one to Buffalo. Uh, Ghosts of Scott Norwood popping up. Wide right at the end of the game. Mm, wide right. That was tough. That was tough. That was. It but was. yeah, it was. A, it was Cut a back off their and, hot water and everything. Yeah, man, it was really tough. Um, it was a back and forth battle. The Chiefs' offense found a spark. We talked about you know later in the season, can the Chiefs flip the switch? It looked like the offense did. Uh, that was probably the most efficient and explosive game they've had. So far this year, probably, when you're talking about the competition they were up against, um, the receivers were playing smart. They weren't dropping passes. They were running the ball effectively. Pacheco was a freak, and Mahomes was being really smart with the football. 
Um, I will say the defense. The defense has been the saving grace for the Chiefs a lot this year, especially up front. They were getting kind of bullied. Um, I just I haven't seen the Chiefs defense get get pushed around like that uh, a lot this year. But the Bills were able to do that. Uh, the Bills were able to do a lot. They they made some big plays. They were getting the the ball to their weapons. Uh, Josh Allen had a really good football game, um, but it just felt like late in that second half they went into Josh Allen save us mode. Like oh, hundred percent. You yeah. can't and you you can't win if the if their aspiration is Super Bowl, you're not going to do that. And I know they have Stephon Diggs and they have some good tight ends and things of that nature, but like. Josh Allen cannot be your whole offense anymore. Like that. Oh, this, dude. It's well, just, and you you talk about Stephon Diggs. He had eight targets, but twenty one yards to show for it. Yes, and um, one of the worst drops, like a perfectly thrown ball that just went right through his hands. That would have been a big time play with about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you just can't. You just can't do that. And like, other than Josh Allen himself. Can you name like a solid running back that's or a a couple that have been able to eat up yards that aren't Josh Allen like under this era of Bills football? Yeah, I don't know, man. Because like, I mean, I, I'm a big James Cook fan, of course, but he's not used that way. Like, yeah. he's he's the receiver out of the backfield, and that's like, all that's they've just, ever wanted. Yeah, so it's just. Is odd, but no, I mean, you're 100% right because, I mean, in this game, Josh Allen threw 49 times. I mean, only for 186 yards, but he also was the leading rusher, you know, and that, had and had six less attempts than the actual running back, James Cook. Like That can't be the recipe, man. Like, that's just not yeah. – you're not going to win that way. And I think the Bills – like, what's next for the Bills? It feels like it's just never going to happen. It might not if you don't start really investing in – I don't know. I, I think the Bills need to potentially look at making a change at offensive coordinator, um, which they're they're probably going to do anyway. Yeah, he, he may get uh, may get some offers. He'll yeah. Him up. It just feels like that offense hasn't been the same since Dable left. And even when Dable was there, it was still – run the crap out of Josh Allen and make Josh Allen throw 45 times a game. Like it's just, they're going to have to invest in some, in some, and James Cook's a great player, but James Cook's more of like a scat back. Like, Oh yeah. He played out of the slot. Yeah. Georgia. Like he's, he's not, uh, I I love James Cook, but he's not just sending him up the middle. Exactly. Through the tackles. He, he was doing that in college and, and getting, some success, but at the NFL level, I mean, I love the guy, but he's just not big enough to do it. And they use they use Devin dudes. Singletary the same way a few years ago. Yeah, they're they're gonna have to start investing in a couple guys that they can give the ball to thirty times a game, and yeah, and see where that takes them. Because I think if you're able to do that, you're gonna your passing game is gonna open up a lot more, and you're gonna have more options to go to. When things don't work, like if the passing game's not working for the Bills right now, it's just okay. Well, that's the game. <laughs> that's, yeah. And it just if if their aspiration is more than losing to the Chiefs in the second or third round of the playoffs, they're 
going to have to really take a hard look at that. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, look at Kansas City as a great foil. Like, mm-hmm. they've got Isaiah Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Like, yeah. maybe they're, and they've <laughs> they're made, not going to be the best running backs in the league, but they're solid guys you can hand the ball to and they do the eat job. up yards, balance out that offense. 100%. And they've invested in their offensive line numerous times over. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bills haven't done that as much. So, I don't know. I This is um, – I think we've been wondering what's the new quarterback rivalry, and for the minute there it, it felt like uh, – it might be Burrow and and Mahomes, but yeah, if if we if we want to establish a new Brady Manning back and forth, I definitely think this is it. Yeah, um, yeah, and it just. But Manning still beat Brady a few times, so Josh Allen. Happened. You gotta you gotta do it at some point. It, it, that was it was tough to see the events play out um, on that last drive. He had Stephon Diggs for a checkdown that if it didn't get them a first down, it was going to be very close. Yeah. <laughs> and missed missed a guy in the end zone. I think it was Gabe Davis. He missed him in the end zone. The moment they tr- they trotted the kicker out, I felt the game was over. <laughs> Already. I, I like, really nope, did. Not because I thought he was going to miss the kick. Even if you make that field goal, and you're the Buffalo Bills, and you've seen what Patrick Mahomes does yeah. to your team, you're going to you're going to run out there with a minute left to tie the game and give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. You lost. <laughs> the game's yeah. over. Yeah, outlook was not great regardless of how that went down. Yeah, that was just, you know, it was sad. I feel bad for Bills fans. Um that was it was tough to see that go down. Um Yeah. Also, Jason Kelsey, menace to society. That was um he was just picking up kids. Like, that was he, weird. He's living it up in retirement. Uh, he's, he's not retired yet. He walked it back. He's retired. Let's he's stop retired. it. He's so retired. I think, and this isn't like groundbreaking. There's been some rumors about this. I think he's walking it back because him and Travis Kelsey are going to retire, like, together. Like, on their podcast or something. Oh, you think Travis is done? Travis has mentioned, he's been kind of hinting towards that a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. How old is he? Dude, he's been in the league. He's only thirty-four. He's those are he's got a lot of miles on that car though. Well, yeah, but I mean, okay, yeah. I don't know. He's he's alluded to it a a, a few times. I wouldn't be shocked if he retired. Yeah, but does he have maybe two or three more good years in him? Probably. Patrick Mahomes has been a starting quarterback for six years, and has never missed the AFC Championship game. Yeah, dude, that's insane. It's ridiculous. That is Six crazy. straight years. Ridiculous. Six straight. That's nuts. Absolutely nuts. This run. He doesn't been know on. anything else in the playoffs. No. As a starter. No. Insane. Right. The Chiefs is the Chiefs. Here they come. They're doing it again. Exactly. I think they're kind of embracing this villain role a little bit. It feels like it. It feels like I, some of the comments some of the players are making about playing in their first road playoff game. It was oh, like they were so slighted. Like they, they loved were very it. jaded about the whole thing. They loved it, dude. The, I, I mean, I heard Mahomes talking about how like the, the experience and like the feeling of hearing a giant crowd like roar and then hearing it just go 
and like go dead silent because they did something awesome. He said that charged him up competitively in a way that he had never had before. Wow. And he that's was like, crazy. he was like, I think we found like a new edge. Oh, They're that's like, what they need. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what they needed. And they were loving, I mean, they were complaining about it, but at the same time, I think they were kind of enjoying calling attention to the snowballs being thrown at them. And they just, I think they're really, and it's scary to think about, they're enjoying becoming the heel. Yeah. That's, well, that's, that's not good. <laughs> that's, hate us because they ain't us, you yeah. know? Mm. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll throw some quick picks out there for Championship Sunday coming up. AFC, they're going to play that one first. Uh, Ravens get them at home. To me, the Ravens, they're favored by three and a half. They pass the eye test for me. Like I, I watch both of them play. The Ravens look like the way better team, uh, especially after the Bills just kind of bullied them in the trenches. I think the Ravens are built pretty similarly, if not more so. I think they can do that to them too. Um, but that is the Chiefs over there. And it is. Although the Ravens do get Mark Andrews back. That's another mm-hmm. huge weapon for Lamar. Like, yeah, they've been doing this for, I mean, what, it's probably been a, a month or two, couple months mm-hmm. without him. Yeah. And getting him back at just a very opportune time. Yeah. Yeah, give me the birds, man. Yeah, same. Give me those birds. Same. I know it's the Chiefs, but, like, football don't lie, man. And, like, the Chiefs, they have made it to the AFC Championship a lot, but it's not like they win it every time. No, like, no. They, they, they've they gotten beat a few times. Like, it can happen. So, yeah. yeah I like the the Ravens, to me, they just look like the best team left. And I think they match up well up front. Um, unless Patrick Mahomes goes, like, video game mode, I don't see a way the Chiefs can beat these guys. So, yeah, I'll go Ravens. Yes, love it. Niners-Lions. San Francisco is a seven-point favorite, which is a little shocking to me. That's that's kind of a lot for an NFL the playoff disrespect. Game. I know. Um, you just wait for the Eminem diss track that's oh, coming yeah. for Vegas. Here it comes, dude. The big question is going to be: Can the Lions win away from home? Um, we'll see. <laughs> and kind of as we mentioned before, was San Francisco was their offense just kind of warming up after the break? Did the weather play a big factor? To me, this one feels like this has the potential to be a thriller. Like, like the yes. last team to have the ball could win this game. Um, I definitely don't feel confident in San Francisco by seven. Yeah. So who do I pick to win the game? I don't know, but I definitely don't think the Niners cover if the line stays there. I don't even care. Get rid of the line, Dan. Give me the Lions. I don't need do – don't, don't Get rid of the points. They're yeah. winning it outright. That's true Dan Campbell mentality. Like, what's the spread? The spread, just we're, we're trying to win the football game. Man. Spread doesn't yeah. exist. We're talking money line, Dan. This thing's all or nothing. Um, Yeah, dude. I, I, I Last week was really big because, of course, the Niners are playing at home. The Packers aren't a bad football team. They made the playoffs. But I look at the Packers and the Lions, and I see a – I see very different teams mm-hmm. and for them to keep the game that close in San Francisco, the way these lines are playing motivated as they are, DC's got these boys fired up. I know it's not at home, but just in general, I mean, the outlook of the team, I, I like the lions here. Um, g- give them to me straight up all day. Motor city. 
I think, I mean, I want to agree with you, but I, I do think the do Niners, it. I do think the Niners do are going to win. Mm. I think the Niners are going to win. Um, Got a feeling you're going to drop in the day rankings. I've probably already dropped. That's, you know, DC's going to over. He he's taking over your rankings, and, and I think he's going to drop you pretty, pretty significantly. Yeah, he's he's going to put Dan Orlovsky over me or something. That's bad, over. dude. Yeah, I don't know. It's real bad. It's like Florida State getting left out of the playoff. Ooh, okay. Uh, fine. All right, that's moving along. Your turn. <laughs> your topic. <laughs> There it is. Well, thank you, Dan. I'm looking forward to this weekend. This will be some this is some very exciting playoff football that we get to witness. So, yeah, these will be very good games. I'm excited. Yes. Well, coming back to it because in one way, uh, you know, there's playoff football. We are not in the very dreary off season with professional sports, but in some ways we are when it comes to Major League Baseball, and it had been a few weeks, but some things have happened, and there are some things looking to happen, so I was going to go through a quick hot stove update. If you could call it a hot stove, Dan, it's it's kind of been, you know, if, you, if you're, if you've got an electric burner, and you've got the zero to ten, you know, we're probably sitting in the medium low type area, I'd say. Yeah, it's, uh, it's taking there a while to warm up. There have been some exciting things, but it's, it's never been at a full roar. Rolling boil has not been achieved. We've just been kind of simmering. A lot of things still have gone down. I'm fairly certain last time we talked, Yamamoto had not yet signed with the Dodgers, but he did, of yep. course, because why not? Makes sense. Um, the Mariners are continuing to confuse me, and they um, traded for Mitch Garver. Uh, or no, they did not. Sorry, they signed Mitch Garver, but then they kind of turn around um, a few weeks later, and they send Robbie Ray to the Giants uh, for Mitch Haniger and Anthony Descalfani. I'll never say his name right, but Descalfani. Descalfani, yeah. However, whatever. But the Mariners are just confusing me. I understand they're trying to win fifty-four percent of their games. I, man. I know that's what he said. But By the man, way, this is so weird. It's been a minute since we went to the Mariners subreddit. Let me. Let me. Uh, oh yes, please pull it up. Yeah, let me. Uh, let me go scope that out. But yes, please continue. No, yes. While while you're pulling it up, they uh, again traded Robbie Ray to the Giants for uh, Mitch Haniger in there uh, as well. So, just very interesting. I mean, their rotation isn't in a very terrible spot. They still have Luis Castillo, George Kirby, Logan Gilbert's there. But it's just weird to me the way they're going about this. I mean, they already had Cal Raleigh, and now they have Mitch Garver. I mean, I'm all for it, like on the brave side with Sean Murphy and Travis Darnold. I'm all for two catcher rotation with uh, two solid guys, but just kind of seemed like a unnecessary transaction. What have we got, Dan, on the subreddit? I'm seeing a lot of Marshawn Lynch, Seattle Seahawks highlights. Sure. Um, is yeah. it reali- here's a here's a link to an article. Is it realistic for Ryan Bliss to become the everyday starting second baseman? in 2024 i've also this is really interesting ranking mlb teams based on their fifth most valuable player in projected f war um, braves are first braves are first it's austin riley in like a runaway but um, see for me and we don't have to go into this i was like is is he fifth is to he me he's like guy? third or fourth yeah 
But anyways. Anyway. Uh, Astros are second with Jose Altuve. I don't know if I'd put him fifth on that team either. But To me, he's like second. Yeah. And then you got Glass now. You got Blue Jays and Alejandro Kirk. I've never heard that name before in my life. He was an all-star. Oh. He's a solid catcher. I'm not watching a lot of Blue Jay baseball. Uh, the Mariners are f- tied for fourth with J.P. Crawford. Okay. Which I guess kind of makes sense. Yeah. The Colorado the... Rockies are 30th with Ezekiel Tovar. Sure. Um, they say you're only as good as your fifth best player. That's that's what the first comment says. <laughs> that's, yeah. That cracks me up. Wow. The Mariners fans do not like Jerry Jones. That's an interesting development. All right. Hmm. Uh, we'll dig back into that someday. It's okay. It's off-season content. You know, it's mm-hmm. a tough time for him. Lucas Giolito signed with the Red Sox for two years. A little bit of Homer news in here with the Braves trading for Chris Sale because this was big news that we have not talked about, I don't believe. Yeah, on not pod. on the show. We've talked about it with each other, but not on the show. Exactly. So they trade Von Grissom to Boston for Chris Sale. And what were your thoughts when this initially came out? Good trade. Um, Solid, yeah. I liked Von Grissom, but, I mean, we've given him a couple opportunities and it just hasn't totally panned out. I still think he can be a good player somewhere, but uh, not for us. I was shocked at how many Braves fans were like, thanks for all the memories, Von. Gonna miss you, man. Like, and I'm just like, look, I'm glad we... Like, how many? I'm glad that, we that liked home the run guy. in Boston over the yes. Green Monster. Only thing I remember in my mind. He had and like, the, the slide that... The, the slide in the playoff game. Or well, not, not in the playoff, playoff game, game, the slide yeah. that um, was it clinched to the division and they got the ice cream machine? I believe or when so. they took first. I think it was when they took first. I'm blanking. I should know this. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's something along those lines. But yeah, Von Grissom, we tried. <laughs> Maybe he can be good for the Red Sox. Good for you. I think Chris Sales, a, he feels a team need for us. He's experienced, and he could be versatile uh, for us if, mm-hmm. if he doesn't totally work out as a starting pitcher. You know, definitely an arm in the bullpen for us as we get into playoffs. Uh, you know, it it doesn't hurt having a guy who's seen the best of the best in baseball at his level. Um, and I was looking up some recent stats about him. Like he threw his, the most innings he's thrown last year and did pretty well. Um, so a lot of people have been saying, you know, injuries, 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 sure. But like, we're definitely on an upward trend here with Chris sale. Yeah. The thing is just, he's not been healthy, but like when the guy's healthy, he's still legit. He he's legit. He's one of the better pitchers of recent history. Big trade there. Um, Harrison Bader to the Mets. Uh, they also pick up Sean Manea. So you know, good, just solid starting pitcher to get in there. Um, the Dodgers just continue on and sign Teoscar Hernandez to a $23.5 million contract after sh- uh, signing Shohei and after signing Yamamoto. So take that and do what you will with it. Um, the Cubs reach a deal with, oh, Dan, you'll have to help me here, dude. I've never said this guy's name out loud. Shota. 
Imanaga. Imanaga. Okay, Shota that's what Imanaga. I really, that's what I wanted to say and didn't feel confident about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, another big pitcher that comes off the board there, and the Cubs kind of finally strike. There were a lot of names that they have been in on that have not come around. So, big for them. And then they go out and make a trade with the Dodgers, Michael Bush, and Yancy Almonte are the names kind of thrown in there. And then the Yankees. They finally come out and make um, another big move as well with going and getting Marcus Stroman. And that's a two-year, $37 million deal. Dan, I think this was a a, a very much-needed and very good move for the Yankees here. Looking for a way to really bolster that rotation. I mean, they've got Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon. There's Nestor Cortez, even though he's come back from injury. Um this is one of those that was really important to kind of balance out this team. You know, they've put a lot into, or at least somewhat, into that offense. So a very good quality starter added in is a, is a big help, I'd say, to the guys in the Bronx. Do you, do you think um, it's a personality fit with the New York media landscape? I, I, that's the one, like, talent-wise and what he can do on the field, absolutely. That's it, slam dunk for the Yankees. That's exactly what they needed. But I do worry about, is he going to is he gonna jive with everybody up there? <laughs> you know? He's a big personality. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I can't remember what his time with the Mets was like. I know he spent two seasons there, and I cannot remember how it went. Um because that's going to be the best equivalent for us. Um, now, as you say that, and I'm looking him up on, you know, kind of his his profile on ESPN. There's a video that says he and Cashman quickly hashed out their beef. So, oh, so, so there's already beef. Hasn't even taken. I didn't know the there field, was beef, and there's already beef. So, I'm just saying it's 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 lingering. It's out there. Yeah, but no, you're 100. percent That that could get really dicey. I think. I think Marcus Stroman is a team guy, though. I think once he gets in there with those guys, the Yankees are pretty focused on trying to win this year and trying to kind of put 2023 behind them. I think he'll gel with them. Um, I do worry about the media trying to single him out and him not handling that very well. (laughs) But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Understandable. Mm -hmm. For sure. So, um, big move there in New York. Uh, The Giants... Go and sign Jordan Hicks. Uh, it's a four-year, $44 million contract. They're making some moves with the starters here. Um, after bringing over Robbie Ray, now Jordan Hicks. These guys are really building up some things here. And then um, the latest and the greatest, really, out of the free agent news is that the Astros have signed Josh Hader. Good move. So take a team that was not hurting for pitching. No, <laughs> and, uh, definitely not. Throw him Josh Hader, why don't you? Josh Hader, who had a really good 2023. Yeah, still still very good pitcher. Very good. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a that's a five-year, $95 million year, a year. Dang. Uh, year deal. So um, because of him having no deferrals, it is the largest ever for a relief pitcher in terms of today money. Edwin Diaz's was long was bigger at five one oh two, but there's the deferred money. So in terms of two thousand twenty four money, 
congratulations to Josh Hader. On all, all my money is 2024 money. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's deferring our uh, our stuff there, Dan. I, I, my goal in life is to get to a point where someone offers me deferred money and or some sort of buyout. <laughs> like yeah, if I can fair. get a job with a buyout, then I made it. Take it. Like Take it. Yeah, so that's a uh, that's a little bit of what what has been. You know, there are definitely still some some big names that are out there right now. Um, Blake Snell being arguably the the biggest name still available at the moment. I would say. Um, I mean, didn't he just he won the Cy Young? Right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, Blake yeah. Snell. <laughs> Whoever gets him is going to be lucky because he's he's playing some good baseball. He is, you know, like I understand there's a lot of hesitancy on the giving some kind of long term deal, but he's he's pitching quite well. Oh, yeah. So be good to um, Blake Snell, Cody Bellinger still out there. I'm sure that you've I got. Um, I think he's going to resign with the Cubs. I just have it a feels like it. Yeah, it feels like he should. He should. Scott Boris is just really ringing this thing out for all that it's worth. Mm-hmm. So, just go back to the Cubs, Cody. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see him stay with the Cubs. I thought it went well, you know. Yeah. And and the Cubs are building something. Oh, definitely. So it's just a matter, of, I guess, them giving him the money that he uh, that he's looking for. So, uh, Matt Chapman as well. Um, I honestly have no idea what the third base market is like this year, but um, he is still. Available as well as Reese Hotkin, uh, Reese Hoskins. So um, first base kind of being one of those really interesting positions. It's kind of like you either got it locked up or maybe you're looking for a little bit of fill in. At the same time, there's not a lot of defensive value if you look at the statistics. So mm-hmm. um, I feel like at that point you're you're basically signing a potential DH with especially with Hoskins, which is unfortunate yes. with his injury situation. But yeah. Um, yeah. Those are all big names and good options that are still lingering. Exactly. And then if you want to keep scrolling, you know, like Clayton Kershaw still out there. J.D. Martinez still available. Um, Jorge Soler still available. Um, yeah, Dan, anything that has stood out to you in this offseason or any team that you were eyeballing in on for the upcoming 2024 season. I'll give you a moment to think of it, and maybe it's just because I don't want you to take my team. Um, but the aforementioned Giants, I am very much so looking forward to, and you can just hop on this bandwagon if you want, but these guys have been making some moves. Um, they sat... I mean, it's not been that long ago. Let's not forget that they won the division. What was it, two years ago now? Um, that they did win the division uh, over the Dodgers. They won 108 so, games. Yeah. That was, I think, 2021, I'm pretty yeah. sure. I think it was, yeah, um, the year the Braves won the World Series. So playing against a very talented Dodger team at that time, and they did win the division. Um, Dusty Baker, he's going to be back in sort of a front office role. Mm-hmm. Bob Melvin's the manager. He's a he's a great manager. Exactly. And so, um, no, I'm with you. I like what they're cooking out there. Yeah. Like I said, they've, they've made some, some good moves, especially when it comes to the starting rotation with Jordan Hicks and Robbie Ray. Um, 
and there was already pieces on this team that that you could like. Of course, they signed Young Hu Lee. Um, they they haven't been that far away. It's just tough to compete with Big Brother in L.A. Um, yeah, they weren't they weren't bad last year. No, they, they no, had not. stretches where they they won a lot of games. They were fairly competitive up until about August. Yeah, exactly. Now that rotation, you know, you got Logan Webb, mm-hmm. Robbie Ray, uh, Alex Cobbs in there, Ross Stripling. So you got some guys in there. Um, the infamous Luke Jackson in the bullpen. Oh boy! So I know as your as your guy, Puke Jackson. <laughs> um. But yeah, man, uh, Wilmer Flores still hanging around. J.D. Davis is out there. Um, and adding in Young Huli, you got Mike Yastrzemski, Michael Conforto. You know, he's kind of been flying under the radar ever since he had that really weird uh, bit of time off with, with his injury. So, J.D. Davis. There's some guys to like in a, in a team that has put in some some good pieces. And, you know, we'll see where it takes them, but... I'm just curious to see that what that's going to look like in the in the new year. I'm all for constructing a team, not just dishing out dollars for teams. And I like what the Giants are doing. It's going to be pretty cool to uh, to see what they do. And I also am very fond of them because the Dodgers are coming to visit in June. And on that day, on June 30th, they're going to be giving out 15,000 pairs of Mickey Mouse ears. Lit. And that just makes me quite happy. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Mickey Mouse rings and whatnot. Yeah, that's pretty, so, that's pretty nice. That was good. That was good planning. That gave me a lot of, a lot of a- uh, admiration for the Giants. So... That's it. That's uh it's about that's it's my it's my MLB report. It's some exciting things and it's not just been like stuff popping off crazy left and right, but it's been a slow churn mm-hmm. throughout the off season. And like you said, we're only weeks away at this point, not months, weeks. Yeah. From pitchers yeah. and catchers reporting. So I'm quite excited. Coming up, man. Getting excited. All right, you know what else we're excited for, Dan? What's up? Dessert, because who doesn't get excited for dessert? There will be literally no when you were asking, when you were asking about like topics for this week. I was not that far away from. Well, the PGA Tour is uh, the season is uh, starting. I want to talk about that actually. I want to talk about that actually. The amateur one, he didn't get paid. So, what does the P in PGA stand for, Jake? Professional. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. All right, but we'll save that for another day. But I just wanted to point that sure. out. That was weird. We can talk golf yeah. all day long if you want to, man. We'll... I'm wearing a Masters hat tonight. I'm ready. <laughs> ready for it. There's a lot of controversy in golf, and we haven't talked about it one minute since we've been oh, doing this yeah. podcast. So maybe when we hit post-football life, we can dig in. We'll get a sure. live PGA merger post-mortem and just kind of – check in on that because there hasn't been a lot come out about that no no it doesn't look great yeah for that deal so uh-huh. nice well and i think we we'd probably be remiss to leave off the basketball topic without giving major props to tara vanderveer 
as now the winningest coach in college basketball. So congratulations to her and the the Stanford women's teams that she has led passing coach K for that iconic mark there with the 1,203rd victory um, this past Sunday. So props to coach Vanderveer and uh, in Stanford. Speaking so. of speaking of women's basketball, did you see Caitlin Clark run into that fan? And that she was blindsided? Yeah. Blindsided. She was we blindsided running full speed into a crowd. We don't have time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I I want I want good spotlight in women uh, and spoke of focus on women's sports. Like, I mean, I, I have a young daughter. I want her to see that and feel empowered and understand that she has those opportunities available for her and put that, that spotlight there. I don't know why she's the one that we had to hitch the wagon to last year and just really put all the eggs in that basket. Um, Cause it's just like you go, if you go to women's basketball in college, it's just Caitlin Clark, Caitlin Clark, mm-hmm. Caitlin Clark. It's everywhere. And I'm like, let's spread the love a little. Like, why, why, why here? And yeah, the the post game comments even of how she was blindsided and at risk of serious injury. And I'm like, hey, look, just like do what you do on the street. Look both ways before you cross, and yeah. maybe you won't before run you right into somebody. Run full speed across the basketball. <laughs> and all right, I'll wrap it up. But like the the fan that was running onto the court. Was it more risk because they were just like trotting? They were not even at a jog. She is full on sprinting off the course and targets this fan. That this, was fifteen yards. Like this brings up she, a good. We need to do a full twenty minutes one day on court storming because I have yes, thoughts. I have yes. thoughts. I would love to do that. Um, but yeah, I just I don't understand. She was dead sprint that fan took more of a blow because she was just very casually entering the court and caitlin clark falls over getting medical attention when that fan just like totally got up and like kept going and i'm like it's like the running back you know turns for a screen and just gets whammed by a linebacker running full force like you're not worried about the linebacker no it's the running back who just took the hit like the fan took the hit and she acted i'm like dude don't don't just don't. Just don't. Sorry. Just don't. I didn't even know I had that much. I didn't either. I didn't me. know. I didn't know if you were up to date on this controversy. I'm glad I brought it up. I was. I, I watching it. I didn't know I had these feelings, but clearly I did, and it was good to get them out tonight. So I appreciate you giving me the space to do that. <laughs> Whew. All right. Well, as always, thank you guys for listening to the Lunch Hour Sports Show. Um, we appreciate it. As always, make sure that you are staying in touch with us on social media. Um, we have like some scheduled ones that come out with some recaps, some little highlights from the episode. But Dan's been doing an excellent job on getting some relevant content out there throughout the week. Um, just some some treasures to enjoy. And um, I did see the highlights from Mon Monfiel. What's his name? Gael Monfils. Monfils, and they mm-hmm. were very impressive. So I couldn't post them to Instagram. We got, we got, yeah, uh, we got, we got, we got shut down on that. Yeah, one. we got. Go to our Facebook and check go to Facebook. Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. Cover all your bases. Mm-hmm. So that's why you got to make sure that you 
Like us on Facebook at the Lunch uh, Lunch Hour Sports Show. Follow us on Instagram, Lunch Hour Sports. You know what to do. Like the show, rate it, review it, share it with your friends. Um, hit the bell. I've never said that one before, but I heard it the other day, and I was like, hit I've never bell. asked anyone to ring the bell. Hit that hit the bell. bell. Ring the bell. Who's that? Uh, well, Georgia. Gosh, wow. Okay. I was thinking yeah. Taco Bell. No, ring the bell, you know? Like, yeah. Um, Bell on campus, you ring the bell. Yeah, I know. I know about the bell. Um, you know, many things. Okay, just making sure. Just making I've, sure. I've so. seen the bell with my own two eyes. Yes, as have I. I'm overcompensating now for almost forgetting. Um, <laughs> but ring the bell. Hit the bell, ring the bell. And uh, make sure you don't miss anything coming up on the Lunch Hour Sports Show. I am Jake, joined as always by Dan. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week.